Welcome to Promo Cares Radio, where we dive into the good being done in the promotional products industry. From general philanthropy to cause marketing to giving programs, we're here to shine a light on those inspiring stories that are helping to improve the world through promo. And now, Promo Cares Radio with your host, Roger Burnett. This is Promo Cares Radio. My name is Roger Burnett, co founder and president of Promo Cares and vice president of sales and marketing for Branded Logistics. Promo Cares is a 100% volunteer initiative created to lift up and recognize companies in the promotional products industry using their businesses as superpowers for social good. We help suppliers, distributors, decorators, service providers, and end buyers alike become a bridge for positive social impact. We do this through best practice sharing, online and in-person collaboration efforts, and helping organizations with their give back work by marketing their efforts and telling their stories. To date, nearly 300 mass shootings have occurred in the United States in 2018. The ripple effect of gun violence has far-reaching consequences for the lives of the families of those involved, invoking feelings of despair and fear and a sense of helplessness in the communities where each of these acts take place. On June 12, 2016, Omar Mateen, a 29-year-old security guard killed 49 and wounded 53 others in a terrorist attack inside Pulse, a gay nightclub in Orlando, Florida. Lynn Glover, owner of Boca Raton-based distributorship Twin Visions Promo, joins me today to discuss her personal motivation to make a difference in her community in the wake of the shooting and the ways her life and business have changed as a result of her decision to take a stand against this and other acts of hate in the world today. Lynn, welcome. I'm so glad that you were willing to join me today. Hi, Roger, and thank you so much for having me. I am actually very honored and extremely humbled to be here. Well, you know, it's unfortunate here in 2018, we seem to be confronted with more and more instances of violence and crimes against humanity. And it's in those moments that each of us are confronted with a decision about what, if anything, each of us will do to ensure that hatred and violence do not prevail. In many ways, Promo Cares is a reflection of our collective attempts to spotlight love and humanity, and your reaction to the Pulse shooting certainly qualifies as Promo Cares, which is why I thought it would be good to give you the chance to come on and tell your story. So are you okay with that being the context of our discussion? Absolutely. All right, cool. Let's get into it. So I'm curious, what was the impetus for you to want to do something? I mean, what were you hoping to achieve by the the virtue of your desire to do that? Well, um, by nature, I'm an optimistic problem solver. As soon as something happens, my brain immediately goes into solution-oriented mode. And I am um, most fulfilled, I think, when I can be of service. So I volunteer in many community organizations. I serve on the board of Women in Network in Broward County, Florida, and um, on my local regional association, Gold Coast Promotional Products Association, where I am both the treasurer and the RAC delegate. And I'm also a member of the Florida Teen Safe Driving Coalition. So as you can see, I'm kind of driven by connection. Um, I also know from my business that you can use a promotional product to create awareness and to share messages. So rather than sit and, and be depressed about all this news of shootings and all this horrific things that are going on in our world, I wanted to use my skill set and my voice to, um, to make a difference. And I thought that maybe I could find an affordable way that the community could raise money to help the victims and their families uh, following the massacre in Orlando. Well, you know, I mean, 
nothing for nothing. And it's, it's awful that we're even sort of trying to make comparisons based on the number of people affected. But, you know, I kind of mentioned this in the open. When something like this happens, you know, I, I like to draw the analogy of it, it being um, a ripple effect, right? So imagine that notion of dropping a pebble in a pond and studying the effect of what happens when the ripples occur. And, you know, by virtue of just the sheer quantity of lives that were affected in that moment, this wasn't a pebble, right? This was a boulder. Right. And and the, the just the sheer quantity of, of uh, effect that, that happened in that moment, you know, when we talk about how each of us as humans deal with situations like this and, and you go through that range of emotions, right? Fear and, and, and uh, concern and then anger and then you know, ultimately, we, especially as Americans, oftentimes, you know, the, the last step in that process is motivation to try to change or, or make a difference in that. So uh, I think yours is no different in that. And, you know, when you're considering each of us, when it comes to our individual willingness to give back to our communities, certainly, you are definitely an overachiever. You know, you're not only serving within the uh, the industry and GCPPA does such a great job with GCPPA cares. So I know that that had to have some uh, connecting effect to you with respect to that regional trade association. But, you know, you're also, you're participating as leaders in other outside of the industry uh, volunteer efforts as well. So I'm not surprised to, to hear you say that. And certainly um, it's nice to see our medium be able to serve as the means by which to share a message and, and create that awareness that you were describing. So uh, as, as is often the case, you know, when you're scrambling to try to make a difference and, and get involved, there, there's a lot of logistics that are involved in trying to make that happen. So talk to us a little bit about the backstory around the logistics and trying to decide on a product and, you know, all of the pieces and parts that went into what ultimately uh, came to bear. Sure. So I work with a lot of nonprofits and I'm always looking for ways for them to find an effective, a cost effective, good return on investment um, promo item. And so, um, you know, a lot of times they say, I don't have any money or they, the grant doesn't cover this or whatever. So I know that wristbands are extremely popular promotion in all nonprofits. They use them for fundraising. They use them to share their stories. And so I'd already created a wristband campaign earlier in 2016 called hashtag one million wristbands, hashtag every band tells a story, which I had modeled after um, my vendors, my suppliers' uh, um, website. They had, uh, Browse 25 had something on their page that said, you know, continue to share your stories. And, and that just really impacted me. So when I thought about the pulse nightmare and the massacre and just the hate and the fear and just all of the lack of love that was happening in our community, I thought, well, we can share a message on a wristband, which will be really inexpensive to produce and yet have a really large impact on people across the board. Like you said, you mean you hit social media and you just contact so many people. So that was one thing I'd already, you know, I'd already been working with Browse 25. I had a great relationship with them. Um, they were behind it hundred percent. They helped me share the message. We created these wristbands and I, uh, very quickly, and I was able to get them out um, to all my community organizations, to my friends on Facebook, through my company page, th through a lot of different distribution channels. And um, the money was raised for um, HRC, which is the human rights ca uh, campaign in Florida. And so we, 
and everyone, if they wanted to, take a ta they could take a tax deduction because I'd already checked with the state to find out how I needed to make that happen since I actually wasn't HRC. So that all worked out really well. And then the art uh, was inspired by something I saw on the internet, probably most likely Facebook. And then I altered it slightly to be more impactful for the LGBT community. Um, so you'll notice the hearts are uh, the colors of the rainbow flag. Um, and then I used, you know, I created the art, I had it made vector, and then I worked with Browse 25 to create them. And uh, yeah, so it all kind of started from then, it kind of snowballed. It, it wasn't very difficult because I already had the relationship and the product was pretty simple. Um, wristbands are out there, every nonprofit has them and likes them and uses them. And um, then I created some documents so I could share them over the internet and the bottom line was I just wanted to do something to help. I'm just so tired of sitting around saying, you know, you know, stay strong, keep keep you in my prayers. I wanted to actually physically do something that made a difference. Yeah, it's it 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 is definitely uh, commonplace for us to to watch as tragedy after tragedy occurs, and we're certainly not discounting the notion of people sending along their well wishes and and thoughts and prayers to the people who are affected when things like this happen but doing that and doing something is completely different right and the, the idea of, of being motivated to try to accomplish something and i just i want to stop for a second and, and just remind folks that uh silicone wrist brands obviously date back to live strong and what i think we frequently as industry practitioners will forget is the value of our medium and the strength of something as simple as a silicone wristband you know Livestrong got started in 2004, I think, somewhere in that rough, rough area, 404, 05. And so, you know, here we are in 2018, or even if we discounted in, say, just 2016, I mean, you're talking about an enduring medium, 12 years of a, a very inexpensive product being able to communicate messages to the masses in ways that probably are a reflection of the fact that they are inexpensive. And the idea of the notion of it doesn't have to be a world-shattering expense in order for someone to feel connected to a cause or to be able to say by virtue of the donation that they made, which then resulted in them wearing an outward representation of their uh, willingness to be a part of something that they care. And so I bring that up only to say that, you know, when we as Industry practitioners are motivated to try to help, and we are seeking for solutions within our own medium. Don't shy away from things that may be tried and true, because the enduring uh, power of them shouldn't be diminished just because we're so close to that, right? Exactly. I mean, I set a goal when I created that campaign to sell one million wristbands uh, for a couple of reasons. One, that would keep me motivated on the campaign, uh, one wristband at a time. And to date, I've sold hundreds of thousands of wristbands. Um, simply from creating that campaign. So, yeah, it's a really simple, um, it's a simple model to follow. It's anybody can do it. Yeah. And I think too, we as practitioners, oftentimes when faced with a new problem that we're trying to solve, we may sometimes just recreate our entire supply chain from scratch. And I'm not saying that there's not opportunity to create new and creative things that perhaps haven't been dreamt up before. But what I don't want us to think is that we can't employ 
things that have already been done and have been proven to be successful because the track record of their successes is not to be sneezed at. So absolutely. Yeah. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. I mean, you know, you don't have, you have to be a little bit creative, but you don't have to be the, you know, the inventor. Sure. Well, but if we do, if someone wants to come up with the new wristband, we're all ears. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm all, I'm all over it. Yeah. I mean, I watch, you know, I watch a lot of stuff on the internet, so, you know, we can be inspired by a lot of different things. Absolutely. So hundreds of thousands of wristbands later, what, what have been some of the outcomes? What Talk about some of the, the more poignant responses to your efforts. Well, it's really uh, like just after the shooting in Pittsburgh, I mean, so many friends reached out to me and said, um, you know, how, how do I get those wristbands? How, how can I get them? I'm like, I always have them in stock. Here you go. Tell me what you need. Um, so my friends and family, everybody knows I have them. Uh, lots of local organizations and businesses uh, have rallied together when we when I first created them to raise money for the victims of the of this tragedy in in Orlando. So, um, you know, everyone in that community knows that I'm available not just to do that, but to do other things, because you know what? They know that I care. They right. know that I want they know that I want to help. And so um, I think that, you know, by spreading compassion and, and the message of kindness um, even if it's one wristband at a time, I create a company culture of doing good for others. And just that alone is reward um, for making a difference and being part of a solution. I'll hearken back to a discussion that Danny and I had, Danny Rosen, my very good brother in goodness um, that we had when Branded Logistics was just getting off the ground. And uh, I was lamenting to him about the difficulty for suppliers in our space to be able to to develop a competitively differentiated message. And he was very succinct in his response to me. He said, what if you were known as being the supplier that does the most good? And, you know, it's really profound when you think about it, because oftentimes we're so focused on whatever it is that our sole objective is within the space, right? So we are buyers and sellers of our medium. You two are buyers and sellers of your medium. You know, it's it's kind of a contiguous supply chain. And certainly when you are on Promotional Products Professionals Facebook page or any of the other forums where we're all congregating, you know, you'll hear and see people asking the question of who should I go to for this? Who should I go to for that? And certainly there is a, a, a landslide of response often to those requests. But when people ask the question, where do I go to get, to, to get product that has a giving component, you know, for a very long time, there really wasn't a, a, a centralized way to answer that question. And whether there were a few people on the supplier side in the industry doing things or whether there were dozens, what was really poignant and obvious to me was there was no clear path for distributors to be able to see who was doing that kind of work. And so in many ways, it's left up to the distributors to come up with their own campaigns around doing good. And so I was really uh, gratified to, to have that opportunity to realize in that question that Danny asked me that what great, what better way to be able to impact our industry in a positive way than to be seen as a brand that does a lot of good. And had he not asked me that question, I wonder if you and I would be having this podcast today. So it's amazing how those things have a way of, again, also having a ripple effect, perhaps in much the same way as acts of terror have a way of having a negative effect. 
is our way to help counteract that. So it just it makes me so happy to know that we're in this moment to be able to do so. Right. Well, doing good is always the right thing to do. I mean, you can never doubt that. And it never goes out of style. I think that you always have to show compassion. You have to be kind. You have to be respectful. Um, the world is very divisive today, or at least our world is. Um, and you have to make a conscious choice daily to not be that person. Um, and it's, it's, you know what, it's just doing good is the right thing to do. No doubt. So I totally agree with you on that. And I'm really glad that you created the Promo Care platform to be able to um, create within the industry a supplier chain that, that, that we can now have access to. We don't have to do individual research. It's a def a definitely a wonderful resource to have. And as it grows, I'll, I'm more than willing to help with that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, and, and it, it definitely is, it's having a snowball effect, no doubt. And, you know, and um, I think even our discussion here today is a reflection of that. You know, it's, you and I haven't known each other for very long, but when, when you're examining your willingness and desire to want to work with others, it's really, really easy when you come from a place of, of shared responsibility and making the world a better place to realize exactly who it is that you want to work with. So uh, it, it has a way of sort of shortening that learning curve, if you will, as you're trying to develop a relationship with a new distributor or a new supplier. Absolutely. So I suspect, as is often the case with many of the other folks that I will invite on for interviews, that once you've taken the journey, regardless of the number of steps that you're into that journey, it has a way of being transformative, both personally and professionally. And I suspect that you, uh, your story is no different. So how has it changed you? So, you know, I've always been um, the one who goes to the bookstore and goes directly to the self-help aisle. Um, and if I'm going to read, I want to read something that can be transformative, that can help me evolve and that can help me be the best person that I can be. So, you know, it just this, it gives me a way to, um, to exist and make money in a, you know, and not have to go to a job that I hate. Um, at the same time, it fulfills my heart. So by doing good, I get good. Um, and I, I just can't, I just can't think of a better thing to do. So promotions with a purpose is, is best def definitely where I come from. And I think I was inspired um, I've had many, many different businesses. This one has been around the longest. And I think I was inspired by after I read the book called Firms of Endearment. And there are many companies in that book that are, are, that are singled out that, um, that do good for their communities. And when you read about these companies, you think, I can create something and I can do good. And so that was, I think, my initial inspiration for getting involved um, in, in doing something and giving back as a way of life. For sure. Well, and I suspect, and you tell me if, if this has happened to you, um, when someone is in town and I ask them, hey, you want to go out to dinner? Sure, let's go out to dinner. And I'll ask them, well, what kind of food do you like? And invariably, whatever answer I'm given, I will have a restaurant in mind based on my experience with the type of food that that person has articulated to me as being what he or she is interested in eating. And if I want a hamburger and you want Italian food, the likelihood that I'm going to be able to take us to one restaurant is probably not very likely. And that's not because there's not a restaurant out there that serves a good pasta primavera along with a hamburger. It's because we as people and humans have, have this tendency to sort of segment based on experience. And I want a hamburger, so I'll go to a hamburger joint and they may have a great plate of spaghetti, but 
I, it's unlikely that I would even bother to, to um, place that order for fear of it not turning out the way I was hoping, right? Because I know it's a good hamburger. It's tried and true. I know I'm going to get hamburgers, right. so why would I stray? I'm guessing, I suspect that there's been instances where now people are proactively reaching out to you because of your efforts around these campaigns, no? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think when when it's in your bones, when this is the way you live, um, people know that you care about them. And then you you eliminate all the other you eliminate all the other distractions like, is it the cheapest price? It doesn't matter because they know that I'm in it for them. And and by helping them, I help myself. So but helping them is number one. So I'm really most interested in, in making sure they get what they want. And the name of my company is Twin Visions because I love helping someone else's vision become a reality. Twin Visions. You know what? I always wondered. And thank you for sharing that because I, I wondered <laughs> that, that, that one's not intuitive. So that makes perfect sense to me right. now that you've articulated. That's great. Well, and the other thing is I'm a Gemini and so I am a twin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a, yeah. a double play on words. Well, so your branding is consistent then. That's great. Right. So as is often the case, uh, I, I hear in feedback from listeners, um, depending on the topic, depending on what it is that uh, we've covered during the course of the interview, people will reach out to me and say, but how do I get started? So, you know, I, I'm loath to sort of connect it with there's going to be a moment where another member of our listening audience is going to be affected by a tragedy and be motivated to want to make a difference. But I think it's just the reality of life today that that is likely. That, well, maybe that tragedy is the final straw. Or maybe it is, right? That you, yeah. you, your, your, your ability and willingness to sit on the sideline at some point will, uh, will cease. And, exactly. And so what would be your advice for folks who in that moment are, are uh, motivated to do something? So I think you have to focus on your passion. Find out what your passion is and focus on that. There are so many good things out there, but you can't do them all. So find out the one or two things, or maybe three at the most, that you, that you really have a passion for and focus on those things. And then get involved in your community and help, and help wherever you can in those areas. Um, always give back, always pay it forward. And then start building your business relationships so that you can create something meaningful so that you can combine your business with your passion. Um, and then it never feels like you're going to work. You're, you're not going to a job. You're actually giving back all the time. Um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of people in this world. And um, you have to find the ones that have the same uh, goals uh, as you do. I mean, I think we're all here to be fulfilled. And I think we all have a mission on this life. And I think we have to stick with those people that have the same mission as we do the same, the same, I don't know, same consciousness, I guess. Um, because not everybody is really dri driven by a difference to make, you know, a desire to make a difference. Um, so you have to find those people that are, and then you can use your passion and your talents and your skills and, and be an influencer. So you're talking about picking tribe and it's become such a prevalent discussion point in business today. And, We'll couple that with the expectations of new entrants to the workforce and what they're looking for with respect to both the places that they're working as well as the places that they're spending money. And, and you know, I think more so than ever before, it's become 
higher and higher up on the checklist of items that are necessary in order for any business to be able to uh, to create the the largest amount of success for them financially, but also the the biggest reach for them um, in their efforts to be successful with whatever their primary vocation is. But you know, on the other hand of that, when you're talking about tribe, in much the same way that volunteering offers up us the opportunity to do so, selling inherently throughout history has been an inherently distrustful process. Mm-hmm. And on one side of the transaction is the buyer expecting that they're going to be taken advantage of. And mm-hmm. on the other side of the transaction is the seller who feels like the buyer doesn't recognize the value that they're bringing to the transaction. And so we have this discord between both members of the transaction sitting at the table. And when you have an opportunity to be able to engage with someone outside of that inherently d- distrustful transaction, it gives you a better opportunity to feel comfortable with the person across the table in a way that I just don't know how else you're able to do. Exactly. So um, I- I'm, I'm excited for the idea of the fact that there's the opportunity for us to be able to have an avenue or avenues to be able to do that in ways that the that really didn't exist before, you know, uh, caveat emptor, uh, let the buyer beware had been sort of the prevailing opinion between buyers and sellers and transactions throughout history. And I think we're really starting to see an erosion of that, but only in those instances where both the buyer and the seller are willing to interact in a way that allows for that to occur. So whether or not you're on that journey yet or not, Please, you know, if you're doing anything else as you're listening, be thinking about how your individual business or your buying habits when it comes to the things that you're consuming as an individual consumer are fueled by that opportunity. And if you're not giving yourself a chance on either side of that transaction to do so, I guess I would just say, if nothing else, that maybe there might be a fulfillment and uh, a gratification that might be missing from that transaction. And you're still going to pay too much. Everybody's still going to feel like they paid too much. Everybody's still going to feel like, you know, perhaps I didn't get exactly the deal I was looking for. I mean, I just, I think that's part of who we are as human beings. But what I think I'm seeing now is if I'm going to still spend the money, let me at least feel like the money that I spent went to something that I believe in, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the millennials bring that uh, to market the most. And I, I know a lot of people find that frustrating, but as a mother of a millennial, I love her. I love what I love what she represents, what the whole generation represents, um, and they're going to be seventy percent of our marketplace in ten years. So if they're not already, I mean, it's just so if you're going to have a business that's sustainable, or if you're going to have any kind of um, project that you want to sustain, you have to make it, and you have to make it so that you're making it you know, that you're having an impact, a positive impact. Humanity, people. Yep. It's all about humanity. And, you know, not only are uh, the millennials and Gen Zers entering the workforce, they're also going to be parents mm-hmm. soon. So it'll be interesting to see what the generation that comes from the offspring of those folks yeah. are uh, motivated to do as well. And it's it's really, it's an exciting time. It's a difficult time. You know, we're, we're sitting here talking about just a horrible tragedy as the impetus for the basis of our discussion. But, you know, at the end of it, it really has in many ways um, 
had a, a tremendously positive impact on the world. And I, I'm super excited to see where it takes us. So, Lynn, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. And um, more love, less hate. What else might you share with people as as we uh, as we come to a close? Well, first of all, thanks again, Roger, for um, for having me and for allowing me the opportunity to share my story. I do hope that it helps others, inspires others to do something, um, to make a difference uh, wherever they can. Whether if they can start small with their family, they can do it as a volunteer effort. They can do it part time. They can do it full time. Just I think nothing feels as good as doing good. Definitely, and given the opportunity. I say it time and time again, just try. Exactly. Lynn, I can't wait to meet you in person. I know you've got lots of really great projects in the works yourself, and I can't wait to see what happens. And thanks again, and we will have to do it again sometime soon. I look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you.